Well, good morning, City Light. How are we doing today? I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. And I really pray, I am praying that everyone is remaining safe today. As some of you may not know, my name is John. I'm one of the pastors here at this church. And I just wanted to tell you, like, even though it's online, it is great to be with you all today. Like, with God's word, with his presence, with his people, no matter where you are. And I truly believe that God has a word for you and I today, no, ma- no matter where you are. Whether you're alone, whether you're with family, with friends, God wants to meet with you. He wants to meet with you. He has a word for you and I today. And I want nothing more than to serve you with his word. That's it. To serve you with his, her, with his word and hide under his word to the point where we can see his beauty, his glory, and his majesty more than we've ever seen. So today is our first week of our Advent, Advent series. Yes, yes, we are here. Advent series. Uh, Advent is a time where we can connect our hearts with the Old Testament anticipation of the promised Savior in Christ Jesus. Well, you know, it is also a time to remind us that we wait in expectant, expectant hope for his second coming. At its core, Advent prepares our hearts to celebrate Jesus during this season. That's it, to celebrate Jesus Christ at the center of our hearts during this Christmas season, which is why we're calling this series uh, called Psalms for the Season. Psalms for the Season. In a time where everyone is turning on their classic Christian songs, Christmas songs, we want to put new songs in our hearts. As we begin hearing a lot of Christmas caroling around Rome, we want the city to hear these new songs from our hearts from this church. Now, instead of caroling, Nate wanted to call our song Psalming. I'll let you take that as it is. I don't have enough courage to move that name forward. But I didn't have enough courage to say that. But I just want you to know, putting a new song in our hearts as we dive into Psalm 147 to 150 in the next few weeks, I truly believe will ignite more praise to God. And some of you know, each psalm begins and ends with this declaration. Praise the Lord. That's it. That's it. Begin, began and end with praise to the Lord. I want that tone for a church all the time. And no matter what has happened in 2020, no matter all the craziness, I simply want, we as a church simply want to close this year singing, praise the Lord. Like, praise the Lord. And I really believe these songs will put new songs in our hearts so that we can sing and sing, sing more praisingly Him. I really believe these psalms will take us into the majesty, the beauty, the power, and the grace of, grace, greatness of God to the point our hearts are in awe of Him more than we've ever been. To the point our hearts are so mesmerized by His beauty more than it has ever been. And to the point where our souls find deeper rest in Him more than we can remember. That's not what I want to want. This is the type of song in our hearts that we want to aim for during this season. So as you open your Bibles to Psalm 147, you open your Bible to Psalm 147, I want to read verse 1 right away, because this is striking. And it says, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. Like, praise fits our God. Like a nice tailored suit Praise fits our God. And part of what I want to do today is to simply take you on a little journey on this psalm to the point where our hearts are more convinced that a song of praise is fitting to our God. Not just to know it, but to believe.
believe in it more than we've ever believed. That praise fits our God. So before we dive in, I'm just going to give two big ideas that's going to help guide our journey into the psalm. And these are two key ones. One is God is eternal over you. God is eternal over you. And next is God is engaged with you. God is eternal over you, and God is engaged with you here today. Let's pray. Lord, we just want you. Lord, we want your presence. Lord, we want your word to pierce our hearts. We just want you to lift us up, to encourage us, to heal us, to bind us. And to have a song of praise knowing that you are delighting in us right now. God, we love you. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, we're going to go to Psalm 147, verses 1 through 11. And I'm going to read this. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is a pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble and he casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares the rain for the earth. He makes grass grows on the hill. He gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens that cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of men. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. So, first reason. God is eternal over you. I want to think about that for a little bit. God is eternal over you. And you see that in verse 5. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Our God is great. He is great. His power is more than we can imagine. His power is more than we can ever have. Our understanding will end, but God's understanding never will. God's knowledge is beyond measure. He's eternal over us. Several, year, several years ago, uh, before I came to know the Lord, I was in this season of, like, wrestling whether God existed or not. You know, it was really, like, you know, I read all the books, I read it, it made sense. But in my heart, I was never really convinced of it. You know, my heart doesn't seem to line up with what I knew. So I thought about what if, I thought about forcing myself to go to a place that would make me realize that there's a really higher being above us to make me more small, more small. So I thought about the Grand Canyon. I thought about Grand, I was in Vegas during the time, not for gambling, my family lives there. I was in Vegas during the time, and I know two days after, I took a bus, a tour bus to Grand Canyon at like 5 a.m. in the morning, and I was there excited. The bus took five, six hours to get there. When I got there, it was grand. It was grand. And I have never felt smaller. I was there for three hours, three or four hours. It felt like 30 minutes. And if I wasn't awestruck, and awestruck enough, sunset arrived. And this is what I saw. 
what I saw. That no filters, nothing. That's what I saw. And I became like this young boy who once wrote a letter to God saying, Dear God, I didn't think purple and orange went together until I saw the sunset you created on Tuesday. That was cool. No, that wasn't just cool. That was amazing. God is amazing. God is eternal over you. That was great. Who, what kind of being who would create Grand Canyon just like that, and yet God is so mindful of me? God is eternal over you. I just want you to know that God is eternal over you. That no, Verse 4, you see this. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Sometimes when you read the Bible, you just got to take a step back and say, what? This is what God does? He determines the number of the stars. He counts the stars. So I have a little example here. Um, nice little container. Have some coins. Uh, kids, if you're watching with me, I'm going to need your help here. And I'm going to count these coins as I drop it on container. And I just want you all to count with me, okay? Are we ready? Okay. One. Two. Y'all can count with me if you're worshiping. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. That is how God can count the stars. God can count the stars like we can count these coins. God is eternal over us. Yet, I have some chia seeds. I have some chia seeds. Let's try counting this. Kids, I'm still going to need your help. I'm still going to need your help, okay? Count it with me. Ready? You guys ready? All right, go. Oh, I already made a mistake. One, two, three. Yeah, there you go. That is how we count the stars. I want you all to make you realize that this is how we count the stars. Hopeless. But yet God names these stars, counting it. Oh. That's John right there, that's Eric right there, that's Leah right there. Naming it and counting it. This is how great God is. God is over us. God is, over, is eternal over you. That verse 8, he covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to bees their food and to the young ravens that cry. Yet Jesus asks you in Matthew 6, 26, are you not of more value than they? If God can cover the heavens with the clouds, prepare rain for the earth, and give food to the animals, will he not also provide for you? Will he not also provide you the grace that you need every single day, especially in this year? God is eternal over you. Count the stars. Create a grand canyon. His power is immeasurable. But God is eternal over you. He is so high, high up there. I want you to see the flow here. As we look up to him, he is so high, this leads to our second point. God is engaged with you. God is engaged with you. The eternal God, the God who is powerful and beyond measure, is engaged with you. And there's several examples here that, that shows that God is engaged with you. One, God is engaged with you because he gathered you. He gathered you. You see that in verse 2. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts 
of Israel. Now, historically speaking, this passage points to the time where God gathered his people from the Babylonian exile in order to rebuild Jerusalem. You'll find more of these stories in Nehemiah and Ezra. But the same principle applies to you and I today. God gathers his people. He has gathered you, outcasts of heaven. God gathers you like a father gathers gathers his lost children. Like God gathers you like a shepherd gathers his sheep. God gathers you like a shepherd who left his 99 to go after the lost one. God gathers you and I, sinners lost in this world, outcasts of heaven and now called to be part of his family so if you're feeling alone right now you feel like an outcast i just want to let you know god is gathering you into his family through his son jesus christ who love you and gave himself for you he gathered you into his own family so you you can call him abba father so you can call him lord friend god gathers you I was in Grand Canyon, I felt lost. I felt lost and I saw sight of an eternal God. I saw realization that God was eternal. And when I came to the gospel, that eternal God is engaging with me. He gathered me. He wants to remind you today that he has gathered you as well. He is gathering his people today. Next, God is engaged with you because he healed you. Simply that. God healed you. You see on verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Your creator is also your healer. Your creator is also your healer. As I was writing this, this is one of those things where you know, Lord, you just gave your word in season to my own heart. And that led me to Psalm 66, 8, which says, You kept count of my tossing, put my tears bottle you kept count of my tossing put my tears in your bottle now what do you mean if you're going to write this down something like this is what you need to write the god who can count the stars is also the same god who can count your tears the god who can count the stars is also the same god who counts your tears. Every, every tear that you have shed this year, he has kept count of it. Every single tear, kept count of it, kept track of it, and put it in a bottle. Why? Because God wants to engage with you. God wants to heal you. God wants to mend you from your brokenhearted. God simply wants to, he, to be with you. God is the, count, is the one who counts the stars. Is also God who counts your tears. even do that in my own life and everyone my loved ones count your tears no way but the god who counts the stars is also the god who counts your tears and that should be enough to help you get through the day he heals the brokenhearted and binds up the wounds isaiah as some of you guys know isaiah used the same words in isaiah 61 that jesus fulfilled in luke 4 and these passages are a heartbeat of how we view our ministry here at city life church the best way to be the light of the world is to heal the broken heart and to bind up the wounds of our city through the hope of the gospel. If you want to learn more about this, please attend our basic training at the end of each service, and it's also available online starting next week. So God heals you, God gathers you, and, la- and going forward, he lifts you up. Verse 6, the Lord lifts up the humble, he casts the wicked to the ground. 
God raises those who are lowly. So the best way to go high is to simply go low because God bolsters you up. Next, God delights in you. God delights in you. The best way God is engaging with you is he is delighting in you. Verse 10, his delight is not in the strength of the horse nor his pleasure in the legs of a man. This verse right here is describing the strength of an army and the strength of a man. God does not delight in our strength, but in our weaknesses. God does not delight over your strength, but in your weaknesses. And you see that in verse 11. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. I just want to, I just really believe this. Just walking with him right now, striving to pursue him and serve him. Though it's hard and not even perfect, I'm struggling. I'm trying, I'm trying to follow the Lord. I'm doing these things, but I'm still falling down. I just want you to know God takes pleasure in you. He delights in you. God delights in you like a parent sees their child try to take his first step. Always gracious at every fall, but always delighting at every step. Zephaniah 3.17 says, God will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. God is singing over you. The best way to show God's delight in you, God is singing over you right now. If you are in Christ, God is singing over you. As some of you guys know, uh, my wife Leah is due this month. Next month, she's going to be nine months starting next week, so this baby could come at any time. Um, so we're n- naming him Isaiah, Isaiah, and the past few weeks has been the most fun, to be honest with you, because some of you guys' parents may know, I, that's the time where the baby starts recognizing my voice, this child's voice. So every night, just never fails, I try to read a book, pray, talk, but what I often like doing these days is singing. I'm like singing, you know, over Isaiah. And it got to the point where Leah and I wrote a little song that we, we sing almost every night for him to respond and to kick, you know. So every night we would do that. We would sing that song. He'd always, never fails, he would respond. He'd always feel like, man, the joy, the joy of that kid, the joy that I get when that kid kicks is the best. Now, to save my reputation, I will not share that song here. But in a much more glorious way, in a much more glorious way, God is singing over you. Like he has a song from his, his own heart for you. And how he longs for you to respond. Just like we, when we long to feel those kicks from Isaiah, God loves for us to respond to him, to sing him praise the Lord, to respond to his love, to respond to his delight, to engage back at him. Because God is engaging with you today. Singing over you. God is eternal over you. God is engaged with you. Which is why we go back to the purpose why I'm doing this. Praise fits our God. Praise fits him. It is good and pleasant to sing praises to our God. And as we celebrate Advent, we'll look back to the birth of Jesus. We look back to the angel in Luke 2 who appeared to the shepherds and said, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth 
in lying in a manger. Lying in a manger. And so at this point, we realize King Jesus left his throne to be in a manger. The God who is clothed with majesty is now swaddled with a cloth. And one commentator said the creator entered his creation, the infinite became an infant, and the giver became the gift. Jesus is the gift, the greatest gift. It sounds really corny and all, you sit here every Christmas, but it's true. The giver became the gift for you. Eternal life by repentance and believing in what he has done for you. And three days later after he, fall, he, 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 killed, he died for your sins, he rose again to celebrate, to celebrate him, to have new life in him. In verse 13, after the angel said that this baby will be in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And as we go back to Psalm 147, if praise fits our God, if God is eternal over us and God is engaged with us, if praise fits him, I love this. There's one command out of all the Psalms, and you see that in verse 7. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. Sing a new song from our hearts. Sing it loud. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. So as I invite the band to come up here, we're going to try to apply this a little, a little more. This verse 7 says, sing to the Lord with thanksgiving, make melody to our God and lyre. I'm going to have the band play a little melody in the back. And many of you have sent me these short prayers, these really short prayers. And I'll start by that, or God, I praise you because... And God, I praise you even though I've collected many of this. And I just want to, I, I see these prayers in a lot of ways, a, representa a representation of the songs of our hearts, the songs of this church. So as I read this, I simply want you guys to pray with me, to affirm these prayers. Like this is our song. And we want to create more new songs from this. This is just a little moment for me. So as I read, pray with me, affirm it with me, and just simply praise God. God, I praise you because your love is better than life. God, I praise you because you have changed my sorrow into joy. God, I praise you because your faith in you brings me a hope that doesn't fluctuate based on my changing circumstances, but is rooted in your constant goodness. God, I praise you because you are my comforter. God, I praise you even though my father's mental health has declined, he is still with us and knows you personally. God, I praise you because you are the giver of living water that refreshes our souls. That even though creation groans and earth will pass away, your words will never be, stored, be destroyed. God, I praise you because your ways are above mine. That even though fear and doubt captivate my thoughts, I still will praise you because you are God. God, I praise you because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
God, I praise you even though I'm ridiculed for your namesakes. I praise you because you have remained constant during this pandemic. I praise you even though we can't see our loved ones for the holidays. God, I praise you because you help me walk by faith and not by sight. God, I praise you even though I do not always see you working. Even though desires remain unfulfilled. Even though I struggle with emotional anxiety. God, I praise you because you are constant when nothing else is and no one else is. God, I praise you in the midst of this unknown season. God, I praise you even though there can be pain in the waiting. Even though I feel inadequate with my job. I praise you because you are always drawing near to us. God, I praise you because you bring justice to this broken world. I praise you even though I feel like you are silent, even though I get tired seeing the people I care about face hard things. I praise you because in my weakness, you have proven to me you are my strength. God, I praise you even though sometimes I'm too overwhelmed to breathe, you keep providing again and again. God, I praise you because you are all powerful, faithful, loving, and wise. God, I praise you even though I don't understand the meaning of my pain. You work all things for the good of those who love you. God, I praise you because you were faithful when we weren't. Because your love stays the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Because you are never present help in time of trouble. God, I praise you even though my emotions try to tell me that you are not answering my prayers and are far away. My heart tells me you were always with me and you will never leave me nor forsake me. God, I praise you because you have loved me enough to sacrifice your son, Jesus, to make a way for me to live in fellowship with me now and forevermore. I praise you because you are worthy and faithful, and every day with you is sweeter than the day before. These are the songs of our hearts. And as we celebrate Anzen, may we simply continue to produce new songs from our hearts this season that's singing praise the Lord praise the Lord praise the Lord let's pray God we want to sing praise you we praise you we praise you you help us to look at you in a much deeper and grander way than we've ever done help us to dig deep to be mesmerized by your love help us give give us a rest lord like we've never experienced in this season lord you are worthy to be praised we sing praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord and this is all that we need love you and this we pray in Jesus name. Amen. Please sing with us.